The season upon us. It's that time of year. That's, yeah, the beginning of a Dropkick Murphy's uh, Christmas song. But the reality is, it is a day less than 24 hours from as I am speaking these words into existence. The baseball season begins. Welcome to Swinging Blindly, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. I'm Blaze Bryant here in upstate New York, filling in for the co-hostess with the co-mostess is another man of equal caliber. He's down in Connecticut. Filling in for PJ Geary is Brett Monroe. Hey, man. What is up, Blaze? So good to be here with you on the Swinging Blindly podcast, being live streamed on Facebook, being streamed on ColorCast. You can join us in a, in a variety of ways. And I do have big shoes to fill today as PJ is away in yeah. St. Louis at, at Bush Stadium. And, you know, I'm, I I won't go into it too much, but I yeah, could not well, be more thrilled for him. And I could not be more thrilled that uh, both of you were on board with having me step into the chair for the night. It was an extremely deci- easy decision to make Facebook.com slash Swinging Blindly podcast on Twitter at Swinging Blindly. Uh, Brett is going to be punching everyone up on ColorCast. So if you want to hop on, talk about your team, because uh, this is it. I mean, how... I mean, really, the big question is, well, really two things for me. One is, how are you feeling about your team? And number two, what are you doing to celebrate the opening day of uh, baseball season? Brett, you and I are both Yankee fans. Did you see the news? Well, if not, I'm just going to tell you that Mother Nature has decided to literally rain on our parade as the Yankee Red Sox game is uh, postponed. I think it's going to be made up Friday. Uh, so we have to wait a day for us Yankee fans and Red Sox fans uh, to join a majority of the league in having the season open up Friday. But there are a few other games uh, to get to on on opening day. We'll touch on all that stuff and much more. Now, is it true, Mr. Monroe, that we have a guest? Uh, it is true. Okay. It's damn true. Uh, and it is the man who I am stepping in for tonight. It is, it will be uh, PJ when he, when he finally gets on the mic here to, to report live from St. Louis. Yeah. And I think we, I think we have the kid, the PJ in the show me state. Peach, we got you. We, you, you got me. I got you. It is all of the above. Uh, great to be here on the Brett and Blaze Swinging Blind. Oh wait, no, sorry, on the Swinging Blindly podcast uh, it, today. <laughs> it's the B team. <laughs> the B team is in <laughs> for Peach, and I couldn't be any happier. Uh, that intro, if that intro is any indication, it seems I might get Wally pipped. Uh, but we will have to see what happens there. You're not uh, going to get Wally pipped. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you guys, you guys do sound great together, and it's really good to hear you uh, on the other side this time. And uh, I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I, you know, talked a little bit before I was welcomed back on as a guest. I, I, I couldn't be. It, it is, it's incredible. Uh, sun is shining now. Hope uh, they're calling, and like, like in New York, they're calling for kind of on and off rain. But it appears that the Cardinals are going to get it. They're going to get it in, or going to be able to get it in at least. And uh, <laughs> Uh, it's um, 
it's wild. Um, you know, I cried a bunch of times. I've been told, you know, we were kind of, I have a pen pal that I've, I've been talking to, never met, uh, who lives down here in St. Louis. And uh, he, he's kind of going to be a guide if necessary. How is Anheuser-Busch doing? Yeah, wait, no, 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 don't, no, we're not moving on to the stadium yet, how dare you? No, I, no, I, no, I that's, your, P- no, I... Brett, that's PJ's pen pal, <laughs> Anheuser-Busch is PJ's pen pal. Like, who do you you think you are? I am. I, 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 best friend of 15 years. First, I'm hearing of a St. Louis pen pal. What is this correspondence? How long has it been going on? Where has it been going on? Uh, Uh, Well, no, leave the name out of it, actually. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it's my guy, Mo Mo Awesome. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, that's what I call him. But uh, he he actually found me through uh, PJ Matthews, Brett. He oh my goodness! R- random guy. He messaged me. Geez, probably at least ten years ago now. Um, and he's from Saint. He knew he found. He knew I was a Cardinal fan. He watched me re- back at wrestle, and thought I was like the bee's knees. He didn't actually realize I wasn't from Pennsylvania until like a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, I mean, we he we just talk Cardinals every now and then, and. He, I told him, and he lives in the area, so I told him I was coming in. He's very excited, and I'm very excited to meet him. And you know, I just for whatever he said, he's he said he could be our tour guide if need be for whatever we need. And he was explaining to me how tomorrow, and he's not the only one to to say this, but tomorrow, like where we're at, like I'm literally looking at Bush Stadium right now, and I still can't believe that I could say that um, from my hotel. I um, there's going to be a hundred uh, hundreds maybe not hundreds of thousands, but at least a hundred thousand plus people right in front of where I'm looking at now. Uh And it is a celebration. It is like the, 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 there's a tailgate slash pregame like party that starts at like 10 in the morning, 10, 15. um, And then the gate with the game being at three. So, you know, these, these people get it, get, I mean, St. Louis loves their baseball and and I'm seeing it now, but I, I think, it's not going to hit me as much. Like I've cried a bunch of times, just landing in St. Louis. I cried, uh, getting to the hotel. I cried. Uh, I cried a little bit in the car and the Uber on the way to the hotel because we saw the arch and we saw like, you know, like uh, just a lot of tears so far, happy tears. And I can't imagine. I, there's a chance I'm just in shock for a lot of it for tomorrow. Um, I still can't am in shock, but guys, it's, Dream come true, and just to like just on the topic, uh, Blaze, I couldn't be more excited for this Cardinal team. They just like was there one more move? Or they I think they could have made sure, but the team as is won 17 straight games to end their season last year. Obviously, minus the wild card game that they lost on a walk off home run. Uh, You're right. That t- that was a team that nobody wanted to face in the playoffs. This is a team that's largely coming back and a little bit better. It, uh, Jordan Hicks, the fireball throwing closer slash reliever for a while, has just been named the fifth starter because that's what he came into league to do. Guy throws wiffle balls at 102 miles an hour. Uh, they're going to ease him in. Like <laughs> his first start will be two innings, and then he's going to like go more and more. Couldn't be more excited about that because that's that was the one thing I kind of wish they had done was was grab a fifth starter. But I am all for Hicks at least getting a shot at that role. The lineup is stacked. For those that don't know the Cardinals and their lineup, 
Yeah, you, you can look at the Dodgers. You can look at the I don't know who else. Red Sox. I don't know. I can't think of any other like top lineup. At Braves, I guess Dodgers, Braves, Red Sox, whatever. Yeah, you can look at all those lineups and you see these stars and these these names that you might recognize. The Cardinals have a got a bunch of guys that you don't know yet, but you will know them soon. So I mean, uh, to the Hicks thing, I got to ask you, how much patience are you willing to give the experiment of him being a starter, given? that he has proven himself to be such an effective closer? Yeah, great question, because I, I, I thought, I think he has the stuff to be, I mean, he clearly does, to be one of, if not the best closers in the game, one healthy, just a one in one inning stints. But as I said, I mean, he came into the league as a, he wants to be a starter, that's what he, that's what he did in the, in the minors. It's been a while since he's gone those lengths. I think, mm-hmm. to your point, Blaze, I would give him, Three six inning starts. You That's know, like fair. That, like like once he can get into the six seven innings, and we and we can have that data to see what he did in those in those starts. That's when I'll kind of. I think that's good enough a, a good enough amount of data to to say whether or not this is going to work or not. And uh, you know, and granted, some guys struggle out of the gate. Some you know some some phenom rookie pitchers don't do well in, the, in their. And I'm not calling him a phenom, but. I, I'm willing to give him a little bit of a leash, but once, you know, that's going to be what, maybe two months into the season. And that gets to the point. I mean, you can't waste any games, but that gets to the point where we really can't just be losing games because we're trying to test out this guy, you know? Right. And but, it's I mean, a gamble. No doubt about it. Oh, and, and gamble that I hope pays off. I mean, and then just, and then again, to your point, I, um, how how am I how am I getting ready for opening day? I mean, I'm literally looking at the stadium right now. I can I can I will walk there with amongst my people. You know, I go I go to these uh, Mets you know Mets games whenever the Cardinals are in New York or whenever the last uh, time they were in Yankee Stadium. We were I was at I was at a game there with Brett actually, and um, you know you see you do see Cardinal fans in in New York like especially for the Mets games. Definitely less for the Yankee games, but at the Met games, you're seeing a lot of Cardinals. Oh, sure. And, you know, you give the whole, let's go Cardinals, you get the thumbs up, you know, you get the nod, whatever. It's everywhere here. I mean, just, it, it is, this is Cardinals town, baseball town. And I, again, I don't think I'm going to fully grasp the nature of that until tomorrow, but this is a, this is the 10 year old kid. I, uh, let's see, one did. Jim Edmonds get, I think it was 0 one Oh, wasn't 01. it one? Thank you. It was either, yeah, oh one or 02. I think it might have been March. I think it just recently passed. It might have been either March 02 or March 01. Yeah, it was right around there. So 10-year, let's just say 10-year-old PJ who fell, fell in love with the birds and the bat, fell in love with this young guy named Pujols who, oh, just so happens to be back and will be paraded on those trucks with the Clydesdales tomorrow. You can't – I can't explain to you guys how – Lucky, grateful, uh, just overall blessed that I feel right now. It's 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 incredible. It really is. And then the content coming out from it, I'll be sure to post some on the Swing and Blindly uh, socials. Uh, the content coming out from it is probably going to be a lot of a grown man crying, but you guys are just going to have to deal with it. Brett, are you there? Yeah, uh, the fact that it was so close to not happening is... Oh, yeah probably making the atmosphere even more incredible you know that yeah, we're yeah, getting we're getting the beginning of this season barely uh was looking yeah. more likely that it wasn't going to happen so yeah, yeah st louis must be ecstatic 
as a whole, Absolutely. the whole city. And and like I said, dude, like everything we've everything we've heard and been told is that this place is going to be shut down. Like literally, the mayor was saying how they're closing roads because of how nuts it's going to be. Like the downtown area is St. Louis. PJ, fifteen seconds. Finally, podcast is St. Louis. You guys are Yankees. I'm. I you know. Hopefully, you guys get the weekend game. I understand, but maybe you could tune into the Cardinal game to watch. Maybe see me. I'm going to be right over the third base dugout. Or first base dugout, sorry. Love you guys. I'll be listening. Thanks, man. There he is, Brett. Wow. I am so happy for him. Me too. Him, him, him and his wife, both. Both yeah. of them. Happy, happy for both. I mean, so much baseball in a city that is truly a baseball town. I mean, I know that they won the Stanley Cup not too long ago, but right. it, I mean... No one would ever confuse St. Louis with a with a hockey town, right? No, I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, Anna might need a therapist by the end of the you know by by the end of the first game, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I I I think I think she'll have a handle on it. I, I think I think I think everything will be all right. I mean, day one day one I think is going to be emotional. I think by the time they get to the third game, it's going to. I think it's going to be sad to leave. It's going to be like a second home almost. Yeah, I mean, they might just end up moving out there. I mean, heck, it's certainly a lower tax state than Connecticut. That's for sure. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But having having moved to the south and then back to New England myself, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it, I don't know. Teach their own. Yeah, That's what sure. We'll say. That's my final thought on that one. <laughs> I, I had to I had to do it. Case we mean, have any listeners from the South. No, I'm not no no disparaging. Right. I mean it's just one of those things that if you if you grew up in this area, you know, there's a certain way and a culture of doing things that is just so different from being down there. You yeah. know, in the South. It's just it's just it's a certainly a, a culture of different or differences in culture for sure. Um, yeah. Uh but to get it back on baseball yeah here um instead of regional culture um (laughs) (laughs) what we do what what a what a culture shock uh mets the mets are going through uh just in in general i just the team just has a different feel to them but on top of that place i mean degrom and scherzer not good but no but when I when I say culture, all 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 that to say for any Mets fans out there listening, you have a different ownership group in charge, one that's willing to probably outspend um, bad luck. So I I what do you, what do you think, Blaze? Do you do you think the Mets will go out and try and find more starting pitching, or do you think they just try and hang on? Well, I, that's that's kind of the multi million dollar question for Steve Cohen, is it not? I. At this point, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I don't know of any names or people that have been released that you could just go out there and pick up off the off the unemployment lines right now and just throw them into the rotation. DeGrom, you do have you do have Dominic Smith though. You do. Who, who depending on what they do with Cano, I mean, maybe who's more tradable of the two, Dom Smith or Robinson Cano? Robinson Cano's value right now is in the negatives, no doubt about it. But I also think you have to keep Dom Smith for the point that you just precisely raised. 
what's Cano, you know, what are they going to do with Cano, number one? And number two, what's Cano going to be? He's 40 years old, coming off of a year that he didn't perform because of his own stupid, or play because of his own stupidity. So what is that going to look like? I think that uh, the Mets right now went from having a lot of answers to a lot of questions. And, and I mean, the DeGrom entry looks like he's going to miss a couple of months. So we're looking at, you know, five to eight starts, let's say. I also thought Francisco Lindor made a very und- or indisputably good point, which is, you know, we need to score more runs for Jake because that because that's where his impact is is truly sort of overseen in that yeah he pitches these great games but the win loss record doesn't necessarily reflect it because of the run support so that's that's really thing number one uh you think number two with Scherzer and and the hamstring now Maybe, and I don't mean this, you know, negatively and whatnot. Scherzer's definitely on hole 16 or 17 in his career. No question about it. 37 years old. Right. Is And the it, problem is DeGrom is also 33. Yeah. So the Mets are in a weird position where they've kind of, I mean, they've thrown all the chips in and gotten Scherzer. It's a move they had to make, no question about it. But does this begin the degradation of Scherzer? At 37, tightness in his hamstring already, already. Coming off of last year, the dead arm concerns, you know, the whole dead arm thing. Um, I, I just, I think if you're a Mets fan, the, the, the sun is not as bright as it was two weeks ago. How could it be? Yeah. They're certainly in a little bit of trouble here. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no way around that. There's like, I mean, I think you brought up the best point. You're at, you're at the start of the season. And then I was also thinking about this when, when PJ was talking as well, saying that, you know, he wishes that there was maybe an extra move that the Cardinals could have made. And I, and I was just thinking about that. And I would think that's probably true about most teams in baseball, right? Uh, As a Yankee fan, I certainly feel like they're one move away. The Mets certainly are one move away now. Uh, PJ must feels that way about the Cardinals. I mean, a lot of teams, who's the most complete team? Like who on paper would you say? Like the Dodgers maybe are the most ready? I would say the Dodgers. But is their pitching staff the most ready too? No. No, most definitely yeah, just the lineup. Not. Just the lineup. Yeah, maybe they're every day, one through nine, maybe. But I don't even know about that. I don't know if there is a most complete team. I guess guess we'll find out. I mean, I would say the Red Sox are a pretty damn complete team. Tampa Bay is a really damn complete team. Isn't didn't Chris Sale just get injured though? Well, that's that's true. Yet another really, injury for Chris Sale. Uh, yeah, but also too, like how much of an impact really? When you when you boil down to brass tacks, how much of an impact has Chris Sale really had on the Red Sox in his career? In his Red well, Sox not, career, not very well, much, not much because he's been hurt. Yeah, not much since the extension. Uh, that, uh, that that's certainly true. T- Tampa's good. 
Toronto's good. Oh, uh, they're elite. Toronto's, I think, winning the division. I, Probably. I, and the fact that they play in Toronto might play into it, uh, considering that uh, um, players that play for American teams, uh, when they go north of the border, if they're unvaccinated, will not be allowed to play in Canada as of right now. And you know what? Good uh, for Canada. You figure, at least, you figure at least one player per team. Uh, and I guess you would just hope that one of those players is not a star on your team or else you will be without them for a three or four game series at some point. Yeah. And, and I think it was a couple of weeks ago when, when we were talking about the whole thing with New York and unvaccinated players and, and then all of a sudden, you know, the city, meaning New York city decided to lift that for, let's just say performers, let's just say performers. Um, Yep. Because I think that's really what it was, you know, for for entertainers, performers. I mean, Canada's not not doing that. And I was trying to make the point that it's imperative for every Yankee to be vaccinated. Because you make three trips a year. You're going to be making three trips to Toronto this year. You best be able to take the field. Otherwise, you should not get paid. I mean, that was that was my feeling with the whole Kyrie Irving, not to bring it to basketball, but it, the, the point yep. stands. If you're not able to play, you should not be paid, plain and simple. Well, I would I would think, I mean, I don't know, the ML, the Major League Baseball Players Association is one of the strongest unions in the entire country. So if a player was unable to play in Toronto, I don't know if they would get paid or not. I would assume that they wouldn't. Uh, but who knows? I don't. I don't. I don't know how the how the union and grievances and all that and all right. that stuff sure. works. Um, but I would hope that all the Yankees players are vaccinated. I, so I agree with you on that. But at the same time, we've never heard that any of them aren't. Right. Right. I, I don't think any. I don't think any Yankee player has come out and publicly said that they are unvaccinated or oppose vaccines. There's only rumors and speculation that Aaron judge is unvaccinated, but that's never, he's never, it's never been said. So I guess we won't find out until that first trip to Toronto. Right. That's kind, of, kind of shitty. Yeah. And, and, and nor should the players be coming out and saying whether they're vaccinated or not. Really. It's none of our business. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it, 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 I don't know why there's a little bit of an echo coming across. Um, we'll, we'll have to square that up, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I, in, it's none of our business. And I mean, really, when we see these headlines about, oh, okay, so-and-so tested positive for COVID, like, why, why is that news? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, it's, yeah. I mean, you, and I think you precisely hit the point on the head about, we'll see who really is and isn't vaccinated come Toronto. And at the very least, I mean, they should, you know, you should get vaccinated just to be able to contribute to your team at the very least, or unless there's a medical exemption that prohibits you from, from getting, and and which in that case, entirely different story, entirely different story. And also to the best of my knowledge and could be wrong. I don't believe any medical exemptions have been handed out, but I also don't know if it would have been disclosed anyway. Um, And honestly, nor should it be. And, and nor should it be, but, no one no one has said that so we're just we're i mean we're in the we're in the dark as a whole uh and i guess 
being an American League East team or a follower of an American League East team, it does impact those teams the most this year. And it, in some small way, depending on what the these players' personal choices are, mm-hmm. it could swing the division a little bit. No doubt. Toronto doubt. might end up with more of a home field advantage than they would have had in other seasons. So if the division only comes down to maybe three or four games where they decided in Toronto. Yeah, that's a great point. And hey, you could make a case for any team except for Baltimore for winning the division this year. You really could. I mean, I would, I would like to see what the Yankees do before making that track record. Cause they have all based on last year. I, they are definitely better than last year. I've already been on this show and said that. And but I agree. It, I guess I just want, I, I'd like to see how the first month goes before I say that they have a chance. Cause I would really, fa- I, I strongly favor Tampa or Toronto to win the division this year. I'm I'm with you on that. But yeah, I mean the the point I'm making is you can make a paper case right now for like I said yes. A, any everyone but Baltimore. Right, you can make a paper case. I mean I let and you know what? Hey, you and I are both Yankee fans. Let's touch on this. Uh, uh, uh or let me let me inside radio with you. Is there anyone on Colorcast that um uh, or that that wants to come on before we be, before see, we see. track off and and talk Yankees. We got we got we got some stuff in the chat. I've been trying to keep the phone away from me to dull the echo a little bit because I believe that's the source. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a it's our <laughs> it's our low budget setup. What can I say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we're doing our best over here. Yeah. We do have someone in the chat. I'll 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 send out a request. All right, sounds uh, and we'll and we'll see what happens. Sounds good. So while you're doing that, we'll we'll talk Yankees. And I'm with you that I think we improved in in quite a few ways. Um, you know, Josh Donaldson, I think is if he's able to stay healthy, I think is going to be a wild card chip for the Yankees. I really do because uh, he can play an all world third base and certainly can hit. I think. Also, too, Isaiah Kiner-Falepa. I don't want to as underestimate how much of an upgrade I think this is, um, because he is versatile. Um, you know, he can he can be the emergency catcher if you need him to be, because he did catch for Texas at one point, um, and he can also play some outfield. Um, you know, pitching to me, and I'm sure you agree too, is the biggest question mark. And I frankly have questions about every single person in the rotation. Is Garrett Cole going to be the proven ace? Is Luis Severino going to be able to bounce back? Is Jamison Tyone going to be able to carry the momentum that he had, you know, toward the end of the season? Is Jordan Montgomery going to continue making incremental progress? And what's Nestor Cortez going to be and is he going to be able to withstand a full season being in the rotation? I think those are all really good questions. So let me try and go one by one, starting from the top. Cole, I personally have no questions with Garrett Cole. I still believe he is the stud that the Yankees signed, mm-hmm. period. I don't think that there's a better pitcher that they could have signed or brought on to the team 
And for anyone that says, well, Scherzer, well, Scherzer's injured. Um, Severino, biggest question mark for me because it kind of determines the rest of the rotation from here on out. If Severino can step up and be a true number two, kind of almost like a 1B rather than a 2, which is where he left off before all the injury. But let's put him in a solid two category. That would take the pressure off of Tyone, Montgomery, and Cortez, and I think it would allow all of them to possibly – play above expectations. Um, I really hope that Montgomery and Cortez continue to be consistent performers. I really like Cortez as a, like kind of a tricky number five. Yeah. uh, Which is something that the Yankees have been missing. He's like a different flavor in the number five, something to that throws off the opposing hitters. And, and if the rotation were, were to run through, if you had Cortez one game and then you had to, deal with Cole in the next game. Those are two very different pitchers uh, with very different game plans and approaches. So I actually really like the way that it could roll one through five, but it's baseball blaze. So there's going to be an injury in there somewhere. No doubt about it. And where is it going to be? Or will there be multiple injuries? I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, that's really, and I'm with you on that. A, A thousand percent. I mean, and and I'll I I'll come out and say this. I did not want the Yankees to bring in Scherzer because of the age. And now you're already seeing, you know, some of the not to not to sit here and, and hit the panic button already, you know, on the Mets season. But clearly there is concern about Max Scherzer. The dead arm, now the hamstring. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's, I'm sorry, I gotta, to, try, trying to, trying to off the board you. here a little bit, told you there was a, there was going to be a little bit of a learning curve. I didn't, I'm not trying to leave you hanging here, but I, uh, I get you. And you're I, doing a great job, yeah, brother, man. Yeah, you're, there, you're there awesome. is, there's definitely questions on, on the, on the, on the Mets, but we already talked about that, but right. the, I, there's a, I, there's a ton of questions on the Yankees, but Blaze, you, you brought up, you brought up IKF. Um, and I, I just like to, I would like to highlight something that I found on Yankees Twitter, which can be a very dark place sometimes <laughs> full of terrible ideas and makes you wonder why they possibly think that they could run the team better than Brian Cashman. So I saw this one idea. Okay. In order to get DJ, Lem- DJ LeMahieu, his at bats this year, IKF should be the, should be a bench player. I guess thus resulting in Glaber going back to shortstop, which you were trying to avoid, and then DJ playing second base full time. Which why would you put your primary shortstop IKF on the bench? It he's makes- not he's not playing shortstop for offensive production. So it's whatever you get from him on offense is more of a cherry on top because you're just looking for someone to hold down that position defensively, which you haven't had since Didi left. Uh, right and and. And letting D.D. walk was, I think, I mean, aside from, you know, signing Tanyan Sturts and Scott Proctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was the worst thing Brian Cashford has done. Uh, no, Kevin Brown, dude. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. Kevin Brown and, and Javier Vasquez. Oh, God. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I'm, I'm right there, right there with you. And I still believe 
that the Yankees should have traded Glaber Torres to get, because you could have gotten some quality starting pitching for him. And the Yankees yes. and Brian Cashman did not do it because, I mean, Glaber, we're going to find out this year if it's going to be too late. I mean, yeah, you can look at spring training and say, oh, things look promising. You know what? I hate to say it, but with spring training, we all look at it with rose-colored glasses or look at it through rose-colored glasses. I'm completely blind, so I don't. So I don't, you know, whatever the hell that's saying is. I think you would look lovely in rose-colored you glasses. You do? Like, yeah. You know, some rose-colored yeah. sunglasses like Stevie Wonder or something? Yeah, yes. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm about it. Uh, Just don't knock until you try it, Blake. <laughs> Yeah, you're, fair point. Um, <laughs> and I mean, and we've we've talked a little bit about the the starting rotation, and the question that I have with that is, can they withstand and and actually pitch more than you know five or six innings at a at a time? Because otherwise, if they can't, I'm concerned that this really good bullpen that we're supposed to have is going to end up being crap come August. I the, I mean the bullpen. Is probably, I mean, routinely, I think for most teams is, is you, you go into the season, you you hope that you like what you have on paper, but really you just cross your fingers because right. uh, it's got to be a trivia question at this point. Like what team has made it through a season without any injuries to any pitcher? Like it doesn't happen. So, and, and it happens quick, just like we saw with the Mets, but it could happen with, with bullpen arms. Too. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you or you see just like the Yankees did last year, which they've been abusing their bullpen arms for like three years at least, probably longer. Um, you just gas these guys out. Yeah, I just exactly. really hope that Chad Green is more consistent this year because Chad Green was was kind of spotty last year, which was not the Chad Green I had gotten used to. I agree. And uh, Chapman, I don't know, dude. Who knows anymore? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I. He's gonna be the closer, uh, whether he's good or bad. He's gonna be the closer. And yes, with Glaber, he after this season, he's either gonna continue being a Yankee or they're probably gonna have to move on for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, uh, which I hey, getting rid of Sanchez, uh, that should have happened a while ago. I, I felt the Yankees were way too patient with a lazy ass pretty boy. Which was which Gary Sanchez was to me. He was like this this person that could do no wrong, but was so lazy. There was such a lack of accountability. It was like you know parenting a bad kid, almost. I'm happy to have moved on from Gary. I I, I wasn't gonna boo the guy while he was in pinstripes, and I hope no he Certainly he finds not. some form again, and maybe he just needed to get away from New York and and the constant scrutiny. Um, which just leads me to believe that he was never going to work here. So they, they made the right choice. They finally, they finally moved on uh, and, and they're probably better for it. And hopefully he is too. Yeah. And, and Hey, if he ends up finding form in Minnesota and these, and people say, Oh, well, you know, the Yankees should have kept him. No, 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 no. Yep. No, no. I agree with you on that one. It, 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 his success in it's not it's not comparing apples to apples. You no. you can't just take whatever's on his baseball card this year and say this is exactly what he would have done in New York. That's just not human nature. 
I mean, does even though he's still playing baseball, he's he'd be playing baseball for two different teams. I mean, to be like going to work for UPS or FedEx, like you think there's not culture differences there? You think he <laughs> might not perform better at one spot rather than the other, even though it's essentially similar jobs? Right. Right. I mean, and, and honestly, if the Twins were smart, they would just make him a DH because I don't care if he's playing for the Yankees or the Twins. Playing catcher is playing catcher. And he was very bad at the position of catcher. He was bad. Uh, he framed those pitches so nicely, Blaze. You should have seen it. I... He just, the way he made the the ball just fit snugly outside the zone. It was, I don't know. It was just... <laughs> That's what I have to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I went for it, Blaze. You, that, was, that, was, that was good reaching on your part. And, you know, back to Chapman, I think having uh, Kyle Higashioka and when he's able to play and get off the injured list, uh, Ben Rortvet. I think having two defensive catchers is going to only help him. They well, have like three defensive catchers now, don't they? With Trevino? Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, they have three defensive catchers. That's a move I I don't understand why they why they make that move. I don't get it. I guess Rorvat probably goes to AAA because he's he's injured right now. Yeah, but you have Rob Brantley on the roster, who he's had some mm-hmm. major league time. He and he's one of those guys that yeah, he doesn't really hit a lot, but he can call a good game. He knows. He knows how to play the position. Definitely a, a very competent uh, band-aid, or I shouldn't say band-aid, but a stopgap till you get Rortvet back. I, I I was a little puzzled why they made the move, considering that they seemingly promoted Higashioka and, and then got Rorvat. So to right. see them sign another catcher, it was surprising. Um, but again, I mean, he is a, he is a – great defensive catcher he has no ops at all like like trevino has like a under 600 (laughs) ops like his last three seasons so don't expect any any big bombs or or many big hits out of him but at least you won't get a lot of pass balls right and and the yankees had too too many of those they had too many strikeouts they had too many swings or you know too many instances where they didn't manufacture runs. They had too many pass balls. Uh, and and to Cashman's credit, he's shoring as much of that up as he's able to. I mean, my biggest question mark for the Yanks overall is definitely center field. What are we going to get out of Aaron Hicks? Probably nothing. I mean, Probably two weeks and then an elbow injury or a wrist injury or an ankle injury. Or he's going to sneeze and get a hernia. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, one of those things that if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be able to contribute. Yeah, I mean, I like that he's a switch hitter. That's probably my favorite thing about Aaron Hicks. Has a good arm. He does, but it, it's been injured too. And he's been, didn't, is that, wasn't his throwing arm the one that he had Tommy John surgery on? Oh, I think you're right. Good point. So they're, they're running out Mr. Potato Head. 
Yeah, you're you're the... it's just a bunch of replaceable parts out there, Aaron Hicks. He should be a fourth outfielder and he's gonna be the starting center fielder. No bueno. Yeah, uh, Brett, good point. I I really can't argue that. Um and, and the other thing too, what are we gonna get out of Joey Gallo? I mean I that... hope much more than last season. Uh, I mean he Let's give him some time, though. Let's, I mean, let's let's honestly. I believe Yankee fans should give this guy a little bit. Like, let's not boo him after two games or four strikeouts. Can we can we see what he's going to do before we try and run him off the field? Because he could be a good. Uh, he could be a really good player for the Yankees. He's good defensively, yes. and he can hit home runs. And so, can we give him a chance? And he's a lefty in Yankee Stadium. I feel like I feel like Yankee fans are just hard to please, right? Yeah. For years, they've wanted to beg to get rid of the eyesores. Glaber at shortstop, Gary at uh, in, behind behind the plate. So this year, the Yankees have seemingly tried to remove a lot of those eyesores. And now people are like, oh, but where's the offense? I can't believe they got rid of Gio Urshela. Stop. Stop yourselves. I mean, you can't have both. And I, I personally think I would rather have this year's solidly defensive team over the last two years, ugly eyesore teams losing the games outright on defense. I a thousand percent agree with you was, I mean, and yeah, I like geo. I, I mean, the thing I will miss most admittedly is, is John Sterling's home run call of geo. I will miss (laughs) that the most. Uh, And if that's the thing I'm missing about you the most, and that's kind of sad, but I mean, geo, no question about it was able to, reinvent his career or essentially create a new career uh with being a Yankee. Uh and and he he did he did what he needed to do. He exceeded expectations because what initially we thought we were getting was, you know, a bag of baseballs for him. And he more than did more than did his share. Um but I mean, you know, Geo to Josh Donaldson, yeah, Yankees upgraded. At third base, uh, Geo to IKF at shortstop. The Yankees upgraded there. IKF, you know, versus Glaber Torres, huge upgrade, huge upgrade. And the fact that we're paying this is the biggest issue I have. The fact that DJ LeMahieu is being paid ninety mil over six years and is a utility player as one expensive utility player. Yeah, I don't love it, and I also don't love the defense. Oh, well, we have a plan for DJ, but we don't know how it's going to work yet. Then you don't well, have a that's plan. Not, that's not a plan. Yeah, that's not a plan. That's the hope. <laughs> I mean, that's the definition of a hope. Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, no one's going to get hurt. We're just going to rotate guys around, give them days off, give them some PTO, let them put their feet up. Like, Stop. I don't think it's going to work out that way. It's a, it is an imperfect plan, and they... Probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe your idea is not dead in the water, Blaze. Just maybe Glaber gets off to a torrid pace and has an even higher trade value. And they just, and they, and they go with the swap then for pitching. Which if that proves to be true, all about it. I mean, the, the Yankees keeping him is a huge risk. And dare I, dare I say, as I've said before, Brian Cashman, I don't think the hot seat has been hotter 
right than it is right now. Even though he made some moves, yes, no question about it. Will not take that away. But him keeping Glaber Torres too long could mean the end of his time as a Yankee general manager. Yeah, I don't think you're. I don't. I don't even think. I don't even think that's a blazing take. I I think that's probably true. I mean, he is sort of a member of the Steinbrenner family, like a Jace. He's like a he's like Brian Cashman yeah. Steinbrenner or Jace. You know, hyphen just hyphenate the name. Yeah, uh, but they're going to need some results soon. I mean, it. Although the Yankees' championship drought is a lot shorter than majority of other teams. It is still long for the Yankees. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been a huge supporter of Brian Cashman on this show, yeah, but has. I do kind of think you're right that it's like by the end of what? 2023. Like you'd really have to start thinking about like, what is Brian Cashman going to be to to the New York Yankees still, or is it time to, get a new voice, even if Cashman is doing a good job? Is it just time for a new voice? Well, I mean, everything, you know, from the food that we ate to the things in our fridge, you know, to the spices, whatnot. You know, I mean, everything has an expiration date. And I think that Brian Cashman's expiration date is looming. And I think it should be looming. Because as you said, we haven't won a championship since 2009, which in the Yankeeverse is an eternity because the Yankees, as they should be held because of all the winning, to their own standard, which, for better or worse, is higher than any other baseball team. No question about it. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's looming, but I do agree in the sense that the threat of it should be looming. The if he's not on the hot seat, it should at least be warm. It, like the, there should at least be some pressure to be like, look, you've had this job, you've done a lot of winning. A lot of winning. The Yankees, in fact, have never been under 500 on Brian Cashman's watch. So Which is incredible. Incredible run. He's done a lot of winning. Probably should have won a few GM of the year awards along the way, but he's the GM of the New York Yankees with the most resources. You're never going to get that award. I get it. I'm also a homer, but the threat of getting championship results, like if he does not get those, the threat of losing the job should at least seem present. And I, Brett, I actually think that the threat is there because why would you make the moves that you've made if the threat of losing your job wasn't imminent because the, the, what, it, uh, what, what do you, what do you mean by that? So what, what do you I, mean? Sure. So what I mean by that is we, you know, it, it almost seems like the philosophy, there's been a complete change in philosophy. Let's cut down on the strikeouts. Let's not try and hit the home run every time. Let's manufacture some runs, which as you know, I've been saying the Yankees need to be doing more of this for years. I've been saying this, uh, and and you've heard me say it many times last year. 
on the show. Yep. This is what the Yankees need to be doing because that's what Tampa Bay does and look at the success. That's what the Braves did and look at that. That only brought them a World Series championship when they were viewed as massive underdogs to Houston uh, with that incredible lineup. Um, I mean, it's what brought Kansas City a world championship against the Mets in 2015 or 16, whenever the heck that... No, that was 15 because uh, the the Cubs won it in 16. Uh, you know, and- Blaze, I, I, I sometimes think, and I, I do kind of agree in the sense that I think the Yankees got a little fascinated. I think they got a little, like, number crazy. Uh, they just they saw what the range of numbers was that was driving other teams to success, like other teams average this OBP or they only give up this many runs or yada, yada, whatever spreadsheet you want to look at um, more stats than you could shake a stick at. Yeah, really? Um, where was I going with this? But with they forgot to look for the intangibles. Right. I think. Where were the Paul O'Neills? Where I mean, I just mean like where, like, and I think they are trying to correct a fundamental problem this year because Josh Donaldson is a guy with a reputation in the clubhouse to be fiery, to get in people's face, to be competitive. Yes. And I think the Yankees just kind of fell in love with the numbers and then forgot or strayed too far away from like the intangibles of what it still takes to win in major league baseball, you can win regular season games, but they weren't really close to a championship. No. 2017 aside. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going that far back in history. I'm talking 2019 forward. I mean, granted, I know they lost in the ALCS 2019, but they really felt like the underdog against the Astros. They were never winning that series. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Whether whether or old as Chapman throws a bad slider or not, they were not winning that series. Yeah. Um, because I, mean, I, you know, I I'm not as as critical of Aaron Boone as most, because I think Aaron Boone has done a pretty damn good job with the roster he's been given. Yeah. Can you can you question some bullpen moves here and there? Yeah. But that's that's all. I think more because of the analytical. Uh, the overemphasis on analytics and and the numbers and trusting your own instincts because I I I mean with few exceptions you know Buck Walters one Tony Larusa is another where you can you know get or Terry Francona you know, largely speaking these managers are not put in positions to go with their gut of the game they don't want. You, them using their gut and and i think to a certain extent i actually almost agree with mlb front offices about it because having more information is not necessarily a bad thing it's just when you stop looking at what's in front of you so that you could look down at the information and and you know do you know what i mean like i it, do when when you're not processing both sides and you're only heavily weighting one of them it like w- I don't care if nine out of ten times Chad Green would come in this situation and get him out, and it's just like let Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is a person guy. He's a personable guy. If he knows something else is going on that it's not a health related issue, and he's just like you know what, I know Chad Green would be best in this situation. 
but Chad's mind's not right. So I'm going to go with this guy today and it works. Like, why is there not more room for that? I, I'm with you. I, it's, it's the million dollar general question. I know we've been really Yankee centric because both of us are Yankee fans. We should probably, you know, move on to some other stuff after this. But I mean, the general baseball question is where's the balance? Where's the balance between being able to go off of the info that you have while also being able to use your gut instinct? Because, I, I mean, Aaron Boone comes from a baseball family. Uh, three, if I'm not mistaken, three-generation baseball family. Clearly knows the game. Smart dude. Really likable dude. Liked Aaron Boone when, when he uh, was a Yankee and not only because he hit the home run off of Tim Wakefield, the walk-off home run in the bottom of the 14th inning, Game 3, 2003, ALC, or Game 7, 2003, ALCS, bringing us to the World Series where, you know, Jeff Weaver and David Wells and everyone else decided to take a dump, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the Marlins' toilet. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just... <laughs> yeah, uh, I try and block that one out. That was an ugly one. Uh, very young Josh Beckett. That's all. That's all. I my only memory really because I just have tried to erase everything else. Yep, and and uh, yeah, well, and and the Juan. I mean, Juan Pierre bunted us to death. Uh, yeah, I. You know, it would be cool for us to do, and I'm completely aciding here. Let, let me know what you think of it. We should have um, at, at some point. You know, probably during the off season when we're doing these shows, we should have like a Yankees bracket of pain or something like that. You know, just, uh, oh, just something I like to it. fill the time. Yeah, I, I I like that a lot. But I do think baseball is struggling with just balance overall. Yeah, it, no doubt about and, it. And, and 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 you're right that we were we were pretty Yankee centric. But I think some of the questions that we were asking about the Yankees, you know, you could probably ask that about. A lot of teams. I just don't have as much knowledge about some of those other teams, so I'm sticking to my forte here. But I do think baseball. Yeah, it, it's still a it's still a beautiful sport. So it's still my favorite sport. But overall, when you're not there live, it does seem to like because when you're when you're at a baseball game live, who cares if it's four hours long? It's great. Yeah, but on TV, it's horrible. And I don't know. I don't know. There, I wish there was a middle ground. Like, cause four hours at Yankee stadium or Bush stadium, wherever you are, if you have a chance to go watch baseball live in person and you're like, Oh, I don't know. It's four hours long. Trust me, go to the game. It's not going to feel that long. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. And, and TV, it's, it is a struggle. Well, I, I think it's, I, again, I think it goes back to yeah, just, I'm getting back into baseball more as a radio media. To be honest with you, Baseball and it's happened over the last medium. few for the last few years, it's been happening for me because I just it just sometimes I'll watch two or three innings on the TV and I'm like, you know what? I'd almost rather be doing something else, and then I'll pop I'll pop the stream up on my phone and kind of listen to it, but I you know got something else going on. Yeah, I, and this is like dog days of June, by the way, not like right. opening day. These right. are not my feelings about opening day of baseball. So no, but I mean, uh, opening yeah. day of baseball. I'm sure you treat it the same. It's a holiday. It's a holiday. Yes. I I wish I was off. I wish I was like scheduled the day off of work. Like I wish they just said, you know what? What's the, what's your favorite team? Uh, Here's the day that they play. You don't have to come into work that day. 
enjoy the game. Yeah, see, I mean, I just, I just took the day. I mean, then again, you, you just started out <laughs> yeah. at your, yeah, you just started yeah, out at your new job. You know, you're yeah. not in a position to be doing that, especially no. you know, working for the working for the for the postal service. And I mean, God bless you because you know you you and the postal service team are having to do more with less, and we see that on the outside. Goodness knows what it must feel like on the inside. Um, I mean, I I just I just straight up I just took. You know, from from you know, of course, didn't know that it was going to rain, so there's not going to be a game tomorrow. But you know, took the took the next day off to recover. You'll from just the have to you'll just have to enjoy <laughs> some of the other games. You Which got I the, will. Uh, you got the MLB Network uh, subscription. I just, the, I, the plan I, there. I most certainly do. Um, yeah, I most certainly do, and 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 I will. Uh, and. I, I have a buddy of mine coming over tomorrow. All. Yes, yes, yeah. it, it absolutely is. You know, we'll I got a buddy of mine coming over. We'll be hanging out, you know, just catching up, shooting the breeze because it's been a while since we've been able to do that and, you know, throw back, a, you know, throw back a few uh, adult beverages and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it's it's a holiday and, hey, baseball's baseball. I I mean, heck. And, and to your point about uh, you know baseball being a radio medium, I mean that's that's really what it was you know intended to be. And uh, you know, I I'm a big John Sterling guy, even though he's certainly you know losing some zip off the fastball. Fastball, no question about it. I mean, Susan Waldman, she adds great, uh, you know, she adds some interesting you know facts and everything. I just you know all nine innings is a little much. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but I mean, what she what she did for you know and continues to do for women in sports and everything is is why I will never be overtly critical of her uh, because she she knows her stuff and it's very clear that she knows her stuff and she trail bra- uh It sounded like uh, you know making you know ribs along the you know along a nature trail or something. She trailblazed a path for women in sports that, you know, at the time was very challenging. And, and she, she got through that and she's, she succeeded and, and has made a damn good career for herself. Uh, even if I'm, you know, not always tolerant to what she's, you know, to, to what she's very, you have a very kind heart, Blaze. I don't have as much disdain for Susan as some other Yankee fans. Agree. But um I don't I, I usually I never call for people's jobs and I'm not doing it here. But maybe someone else should read the ads. I am a thousand. I love it. The player interviews she does is, is are great. Susan's a terrific reporter. Her manager interview was with Aaron Boone. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Yes, I agree. Her interviews with the play, like the on-field interviews with the players, uh, and then and then talking with the with the coaches, fine. Uh, going around the league, telling like giving score updates, not bad, honestly. But when it comes to the ad reads, sometimes a little rough. Oh, uh, yeah, rough. yeah, and and goodness yeah, knows, just get a produce get a producer in there to read those ads, or, I or think. I, get get someone. I mean, heck, I mean, I say what you want about John Sterling. No one does a better ad read than John Sterling. I mean, his voice is just so... Heat it, butter. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> just, what was that commercial he had last year? He was just naming off a bunch of groceries. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, did you ever see there's a YouTube video, speaking of broadcast, a uh, random YouTube video of Vin Scully reading a grocery list. Did you ever I bet see- that was the best read grocery list of all time. Uh, it, uh, when we're done here. No, no. Rough, rough. No, when we're done here, look it up. Okay. It's it's just it's just fascinating because, uh, uh, well, for for a couple reasons, hey, it's it's Vin Scully, and I mean, you hang on every syllable, not just every word, but every syllable, and and just the the randomness of the list. <laughs> I, hmm. You definitely have to definitely have to check it out. Um, I mean. The guy that took over for Vin Scully, isn't he the new um, TV uh, for the, isn't he the new TV guy for Fox for the World Series? Uh, is it? I thought so. I thought that's what I read. I'm that I, I may have missed. I mean, I'm just glad, I'm just glad it's not Joe Buck. I'm so happy about that. I don't have the disdain for Joe Buck that everyone else does either. Really? I'm sorry. He's not like my go-to. I'm not going to I'm not going to fall on the sword for Joe Buck. But he's not that bad. Or is is there I I'd, I'd rather listen to Joe Buck than Al Michaels. That's interesting. Any day. Any day. I mean Al Michaels, I'm sorry. He might the Miracle on Ice. That's great. All time call legend. Put it in the Smithsonian. <laughs> let it let it let people go up and poke the button and play it on loop. I don't care. <laughs> but at this point in his career, he does not add that that much to games. His Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl. Great, dude. Thanks. Makes it sound like you won preseason game three. Yeah, uh, he he's at least Joe Buck has like some robust to him. Well, Joe Buck is like 50. I mean, Al, Al Michaels has been, he's, he's a bit long in the tooth and I mean, break up that. I mean, both he and Chris Collinsworth list need to go. I'm, I'm, you know, done. Done. <laughs> it, I mean, there's a reason why you assigned Mike Tirico to a lucrative contract, you know, get him in there. Tirico's good. Tirico's really good. I love good. my, I love, love Mike him. Tirico. I, I'm to this day. I'm still shocked. ESPN let him go. I mean, hey, they. I mean, I. I mean, it's it's. Amazing. I would have thrown the bag at Mike Tirico. That's just, I mean, that's me. A thousand percent agree. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, what a what a show we've had here. <laughs> yeah, uh, you throw the bag at me for this one, Blaze. No, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm kidding. I, this was so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for. For having me on all this time, uh, of of course, man. I'm I'm glad you were able to uh, be here and and co-host with me. I couldn't have literally, I couldn't have done it without you because, it, you know, it's because we haven't really had a lot of callers, and um, I I get it. There's you know, if you look at the Callercast platform, there's a lot sexier stuff that's happening than 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 you and me. Um, and uh, it, it's just uh, you know one of those one of those things. It's okay, but I mean the reality is, you know, you can't sit here and, and talk to yourself for an hour straight. <laughs> no, 
No, it's it's hard to sit here and talk and blow V8 into a microphone for an hour. No. So it was it was really good to shoot some Yankees baseball with you. Some baseball overall. I mean, we you say we it was Yankee centric. I agree. But we we had the Cardinals on there with PJ. We, yeah. we had some Mets talk in there, too. We talked the Mets before the Yankees. We, we so, did. And I did that on purpose to make sure that we didn't just talk about the Yankees. Well, I mean, and 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 certainly in the baseball sphere, that's top story. Yeah. You know, what's what's the Mets? What's that going to look like? Um, I mean, you know, before before we sign off here, if you if you had to pick, you know, your your very early World Series game, who would it be, and who do you think is going to win at all? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, Toronto versus the Dodgers, and I would have the Dodgers winning, but Toronto taking another huge step in development. Toronto and the Dodgers. Hey, that'd be a I think fascinating. That line, I think Toronto's lineup is legit, and they're young, and they're hungry, and they want to win. Yeah, and and they're pitching. They've really they've really bolstered the pitching. Yeah, I mean, you have Jose Barrios for a whole year. Let's see what they get out of Gosman. Toronto's dangerous. So the only thing I can hope is that Toronto is like a well-oiled machine that they forget to oil, and then it just falls apart halfway <laughs> through the season. Like, that's that's what I – that's – I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to that happen. Though. Not, with a, not with a bunch of 24, 25-year-old studs. I no. don't think so. No. They're, Toron- they're primed to win, and I could see like a 2017 Yankees run from Toronto this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're definitely making the playoffs, and once they're there, who knows? Why couldn't they make a run to the World Series? Yeah, uh, I, mm. I think I think whoever comes out of the National League would win that one, though, depending on who it is. But I, Toronto with a massive step forward in development again. PJ is going to crucify me for this, but I think the Brewers make it to the World Series in the National League. That that is a very complete team, an underrated complete team. I mean, look at that! Look at that pitching staff. You know, Burns, and you've got uh, you know Hater in the bullpen, uh, and uh, I mean that you you've got Yelich. You've got I mean, that's just a really that's just a really complete team that I could see doing big things. Uh, I mean, obviously you can't rule out the Braves. Yeah. I'm going to go Brewers and, Oh God. In the American league. I mean, there's really, gosh, there's a lot of competition in the American league. Uh, I, mm, I'm not sure if Toronto's quite there yet. You know, I'm going to go Tampa Bay Brewers. Just okay. Because I really can't think of a reason to, uh, you know, go go outside of that. I think they're the most complete team in both leagues. Because I mean, the Dodgers with the rotation, who knows what that's going to look like? Uh, you know, I know Toronto that with team the rotation. is so good. That lineup is so good. It, the, yeah, the, the lineup's really good. But if you give up runs, that reduces your effectiveness as a lineup. Just because you have to do more. Very true. I don't. I don't know. It's hard to count out that payroll. So I mean, but we'll we'll see. Because if Tampa makes it, then you count it out a bunch of payrolls along the way yeah. if they make it all the way to the World Series. So yeah, that that's for sure. 
Um, so very different World Series picks out of the two of us. Toronto, L.A. for me, and Tampa, Milwaukee for you. Yeah. Uh, what are your World Series picks? You can let us know on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter at Swinging Blindly, uh, I'm going to get this uh, show up, uh, it, you know, before the uh, first pitch is thrown on opening day, so uh, tomorrow. So uh, happy, happy about that. And uh, Wentz, or Wentz, um, Carson, no. Uh, once PJ is <laughs> back, uh, he will uh, get everything up on uh, YouTube because he's the he's the video guy. I'm just you know the blind guy you know running the technical here, um, and uh, and Brett, I could literally could not have done it without you. Uh, you you stepped into this beautifully, and uh, really, I mean, we you know the the show had your your flavor, which is uh, uh you know. A, a little bit different from uh, from PJ, uh, but nonetheless, I, I I like both flavors equally, and uh, you know, could not have done this without you, man. Yeah, I really appreciate being on here, doing the full episode with you, and I will be back yeah. uh, as a, as a, as on the hot seat, maybe hosting from time to time if PJ needs someone to fill in, or maybe taking over your seat if you need someone to fill in. I don't know. I don't know. Lee, uh, I'm I'm that I'm that I'm that utility role for this show. How about that? I'm the DJ LeMayhew. Um, can't I can pay you 90 starter. mil. I can be a starter. I can be on the hot seat. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you know what? Rather than DJ LeMay, I would say you're you're like the Miguel Cairo. Oh, beautiful. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, because Miguel Cairo truly could play, you know anywhere and didn't have one set position and uh i can't i also can't pay you 90 mils so i gotta be <laughs> gotta be realistic and <laughs> how i call this <laughs> oh just give me the league minimum no 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 <laughs> and and hey oh well i think the league minimum on color cast is a little lower than it is in major league baseball uh, the league min and the league max, I believe, on Colorcast is uh, you know about zero. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, hey, they they provide us an awesome platform. They do. I'm just poking fun. Absolutely, and and I'm just playing yeah. along with it. And I think yeah. this is, <laughs> I think this is the first time like we did a show and we weren't yelling at each other at any point of it. Yeah, I yeah, very rare that usually it gets a little animated between us. But we, I mean. You you were making some salient points. I didn't agree with all of them, but you presented them in a way that it was like, oh, wow, I can't even get mad at that one. Right. And I mean, not that I always agree with everything that I'm saying either. It's, you know, you got to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reality is, you know, for anyone that, that does a talk show, you got to say stuff that at times that you don't agree with just for the simple fact of raising the point. So... Uh, there, you know, there's your broadcast lesson for the day. Yeah. That's uh, inside radio. Yeah. All right. Well, you probably have things to do. I have things to do. So, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for listening. Subscribe wherever you get your, uh, podcast. Uh, this is swinging blindly podcast again, facebook.com slash swinging blindly podcast on Twitter at swinging blindly. And, uh, Brett, is it safe to assume that you have the same amount of care where the ball lands as uh, PJ and I do? Is, is that safe to assume? Absolutely zero. <laughs> <laughs>